I feel like some people might get totally free today. I feel like some of you are just on the verge of saying, I'm ready to cross to a spirit of joy and let that carry in my life. I don't know what I walked in with, but I ain't leaving with it. That's all I know. I'm leaving the same this morning. God wants to change you this morning. So we're just going to press in to what God wants, right? So all I'm saying is, Holy Spirit, help. Woo! Let's go. All right, look, let me tell you something. I believe in life. How you handle the seasons and the moments of your life can affect the outcome and result, not just of your season, but of your entire story. I believe your story is not just impacted as a whole, but it's impacted by moments in your book where you get to the end of a chapter. I'm one of those that like to watch shows and, and movies. I really like entertainment, like most of us like movies. But I'm one of those that Netflix has, and Amazon Prime and all of these streaming services has been disastrous to my sleep pattern, okay? Because I don't have a lot of free time, so I give up sleep most of the time to binge watch a show. And, and these, these, ooh, these scribers, these services, ooh, right? You get to the end and it's like, oh, that's it. I'm going to bed as soon as this one's over. And they get to the end and it's like, bum, bum, bum. And you're like, oh. What's going to happen? I got to see. I can't wait for five hours till I wake up again, right? I have to know now. Did little Timmy, did Lassie find him? <laughs> right? So entertainment has created a system where at the end of the story, they're like, you're like, okay, it's winding down and I can go to bed. And then it's like, drop you off a cliff, right? What's going to happen now? All right? So I think... Uh, and then you have to see, I think a lot of times we actually live the opposite way. Our life has cliffhangers and it has moments in our life where we have no clue what the heck just happened, right? And we have no desire to see what's going to happen. We just want to rewind and get it undone. That's what we want to do. Uh-uh, I don't like this. I don't know what's going to happen. I hate this. I don't like the unknown. I don't like to be in suspense in my own life, just in his on that show. And that's it. Oh, he's going to die, right? None of us want to. Everybody wants to go to heaven. No one wants to die for it. Some of you need to realize that's the only way to get there, right? Unless you live in authority and you realize that we can call heaven to earth. And we can have a little piece of that down here. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what that means today. And so we need to learn how to handle those cliffhanger moments in our life. We need to handle those situations in our life where we are just not sure how it's going to handle. And I think one of the key principles is I was watching this, this and I talked about this on youth uh, on Wednesday, and I thought I would expand on it this morning because it was so valuable. I was watching this speech given by a, a valedictorian, okay, valedictorian. And he was talking about the idea that he did not even know he was in the running to be the valedictorian of his high school. And when he found out that he had made the list of those in competition, all of a sudden it became valuable to him. He did not know it was valuable until he knew it was available. And so he believed, I should have this award. This is something that is important to me to achieve. And so he put all of his time and energy into winning this award. He hunkered down. He did his schoolwork. He abandoned his social life. He laid everything aside and he focused on a singular goal that entire year to become the valedictorian. And all of a sudden at the big 
breakfast or whatever they had and they announced who that person was going to be. He sat there and he had an overwhelming sense of, of, of excitement in his heart as he heard his name announced that he, in fact, had won the prize. And he said he sat there in jubilation, in, in ecstasy, sitting there in that moment that all of his hard work had paid off and he sat there just living in that moment for 15 seconds. And after 15 seconds, he said, then it all went away. I worked hard all year long, he said, for this moment. It should have lasted more than 15 seconds. And I understand that. See, there was a time in my life where I played in a rock band, and, and I toured, and I played with famous musicians, and I got to meet great people, and I played in front of thousands of people, and I would go up there, and the spotlight would turn on, and the music would start, and I would begin to sing and play. And it was different than worship because people were singing back my songs. They were cheering towards me. You know, they, they were glorifying what I had done. And so when I got to the end of that song, and we said, thank you, good night, they would roar and applause and shout and cheer for what we had just done. All the hard work, all the energy in writing the song, band practice and booking and traveling and setting up and all this effort that went into producing this few minutes of a show. And at the very end, they would cheer and shout us down for 15 seconds. For 15 seconds. See, in life, you're going to have moments of up and downs. You're going to have moments where you feel excited and happy over your accomplishments and achievements for 15 seconds. But it's what you do in the 16th second that will determine your future. It's how you handle the 16th second that will set a course for your life. Because every one of us will have to face the 16th second. See, happiness will fade. Joy will fade. And in this world, your accomplishments will fade much faster than you realize. And our entire society has been built around the excitement of the 15 seconds. We live in an entertainment-driven society. We live in a generation of video games and movies and TV shows. We live for the few minutes of funny video we find on Facebook. We live for these moments, and we live for these short-lived achievements that we do. Any kid will tell you that they're looking to unlock the next level in their game. They're looking to get the next skin or the next prize and we're looking for the next show or the next movie or the next entertainment that comes our way. And the, the science actually says that our brains process that when we achieve something in a video game or we watch somebody else on a movie achieve something that we actually process in our brain that we have achieved that. And it releases dopamines and, uh, and allows us to experience a temporary happiness. But those moments fade as fast as they come. And we are left in the 16th second. What will you do when you have no more hope in the 16th second? Well, you have nothing to look forward to in the 16th second. You cannot build the everlasting out of things meant to be temporary. If your goal in life is to be happy, it will always escape you. It will slip through your fingers like sand or water. Don't live for the 15 seconds. It won't last and you'll always be chasing it. Instead, what we need to do is we need to have, we need to live for the word. 
We need to live in the word and we need to have our lives as the word. We need to live for the word. We need to live in the word and we need to live our lives as the word. See, and, and some of us, that's hard, man. We can, we can read the word. We can hear the word. But to live the word is the one that's hard. See, it's easier to preach 10 sermons than it is to live one of them. Some of you are scared of public speaking, but I'm telling you right now, it would be easier for you to preach 10 of them than to live one of them. There are moments and seasons in my life where I have to remind myself what I said. What I spoke to you. My sermons do just as much to help me live them out as it is to say them. So I get just as much out of speaking to you as you do in hearing. Hopefully that's true. When you make a decision to invest your time into things that last more than 15 seconds, you'll see the fruit of those. But those things that last longer than 15 seconds aren't the achievements. They're not the awards, they're not the accolades, they're not the praise of your, of your peers, they're not the award you get, they're not the 15 seconds of fame and the speech you get to give for five minutes. Those aren't the things that last forever. It's the relationships of the people you have when you achieve them. It's those that you are surrounded by and loved by that root you on in the process that matter more to your life than the achievements you achieve. If you are doing things to accomplish things and have nobody in your life, you are in relationship, you have already made it to the 16th second. And your life will be a letdown. See, it's the people that are there for you in your life that you walk It'll be more valuable. Just like this high school student who said this. He had put everything he had into achieving this goal. To the sacrifice of his friends who he didn't have any social life with to the sacrifice of his parents because he was always studying and he realized in that moment that the, the achievement that only lasted 16 seconds that the relationships would always be there and it was never worth the sacrifice of those relationships in order to achieve a temporary goal achievements are good education is good those are all valuable things i'm not suggesting that we don't do those or put our efforts into them what i'm saying is if you are sacrificing the people in your life that love you in order to do something so that you have a legacy you've already missed what will carry your name on for eternity and that's the way you love other people and there is no better relationship that we have in our life than the one we have with our lord and savior there is no other relationship that will ever matter more than how you love Jesus, than whether he loves you, whether you are in relationship with him, an intimate encounter with Jesus. Everything else is temporal. Even the relationship here on this earth will pass away, but he will never pass away. His word remains to the end. That is the only relationship that will ever bring about eternity in your life. Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the only one that whether or not you achieve it, whether or not you win or fail, will be right there next to you no matter what. Don't forget him while you're striving to be somebody. <laughs> 
And it's amazing how we are so focused on our own self-happiness. We're so focused on getting what we want and becoming happy that we have abandoned the reality of what actually drives our joy in life. So we put all of our energy and time into happiness and we've forgotten that Jesus is the source of our joy. So we spend our lives doing things like, 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 not coming to church and spending our time trying to enjoy our lives out there with entertainment. Look, churches are free to enter, but they're still empty. Bars and clubs charge you to enter, but are full. People ignore inner peace and choose to pay for self-destruction. You have to be intentional with seeking after joy. Your life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by choice. Don't mistake what I'm saying. True happiness can never be achieved by your willing it into existence. In a world filled with more self-help books than sunscreens in a redhead's family, I'm telling you there's plenty of sources out there for your self-help. Yet we live in a society where we just seem to not, to need a little bit more, right? We're just waiting for the next book because that one didn't work. The next book because that one didn't work. The next book because that one didn't work, right? I'm telling you, there are more self-help books than there is makeup at a beauty contest, okay? And that's a lot, all right? If you could will yourself into happiness, you would already have done it. Is there anyone in this room that says, the desire of my heart is to be miserable? I don't want to be happy. Just dumb. Anybody? Nobody? Not one of you. Some of you, your actions would say otherwise, and we don't believe you, okay? But most of you in here would say, honestly, at the core root of what I want, I just want to be happy. But yet we're not. We live in a society that has so many methods for improving ourselves, yet our society just keeps getting worse. We keep drowning in sorrow while we say we have all the answers and the only answer we don't need is God. I don't need God, I have all these methods. I don't need God, I got a stack of books that will tell me how to be successful or how to be happy and joyous. Yet it seems that we just can't seem to find that because what happens is, is all of those are methods for a temporary solution. None of them are eternal. And they go quick. Happiness is fleeting. It'll leave you quicker than my sermon does when you walk out that door. Don't lie. Sometimes you don't even make it back to the door. I ask in the back, how'd you like my message? It was fantastic. What was your favorite part? What was it, what was it about again? <laughs> Happens at least once a week, I'm telling you. If I just get that job, I'll finally be happy. If I can just afford that car I want, I'll just, I'll finally be happy. If I can just marry that girl, then I will finally be happy. If I could just lose this extra weight, I would finally be happy and like myself. If I could just have a few more friends, I'll be happy. If I could just be prettier, I'll finally be happy. Then I would finally be happy. But see, those things are temporal pass away quickly because we achieve them and they're not enough. They leave us empty and they just make us want one more achievement. 
We get addicted to the dopamine of achievement. We get addicted to the feeling and gratification that leaves faster than a drug. And we say, I need another one. I need another one. I need another one. And we left emptier and emptier because we are focused on things that fade quickly. If your definition of success in life is building on things that will fade, you, it will fail you. Instead of things that will flourish and fill you, you will always find yourself empty in the 16th second. When you make it to the 16th second and you find the happiness gone, the excitement gone, what do you do in that moment? What you do in that moment will do more to determine the direction of your life and its eternal reward than the other moments. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says this. Do not love the world, nor the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. The world is passing away. Say passing away. And also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. We cannot self-will happiness. But living in the will of God will bring us everlasting joy. Come on, somebody needs to make some noise. When you live in the will of God, you will find everlasting joy. But when you live in the will of man, you will find that it's empty and hollow and passes away quicker than you can grab hold of it. It will always slip through your fingers every time you try to reach for it. It does not want to be taken. This world will pass away. And everything you put value in in this world will pass away. It is not meant to sustain itself. It, this world was designed so that your eyes wouldn't stay on it. So that you would know that it's quickly going. So that you would try to find the everlasting Father. Your world will pass away. But God's word will remain. We cannot self-will happiness. I love that word, passing away, passing away. Some of you guys need to understand that whatever season you're walking in, whatever you are going through right now, I don't care what it is, it will pass away. If you are having a bad day, it will pass away. It'll pass. If you are having a bad week, it will pass. If you are having a bad year, it'll pass. If you are having a good year, it'll pass. This world was designed with seasons in it. And all of us would like to avoid every winter. But some of you just need to bust out your skis and go to somewhere with more snow. Like you just need to get in it and, and enjoy the ride. Look, you can, you can be miserable in the cold or you can ski down a mountain slope. They're both cold and it's both winter. But one has a little bit of joy and the other one you're miserable inside. Looking out saying, I wish it was just warmer. You can live your life for the moment and think you'll find joy in it but you never will James 4 14 says this yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring what is your life for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes see our life is the 15 seconds compared to eternity the 15 seconds that is our life will fade faster than a mist does 
You wake up in the morning and it's foggy out for a moment and then the sun rises and it fades quickly. And our lives are like that. They are passing away. They go quickly. And if we set our standard for things that are nothing more than fading mists, I promise you will wake up one day and go, where did it all go? If you live your life planning to enjoy the last part when you're too sore, too hurt, too broken to really do anything, I mean, our, our system... I love, I love our country. I love our society. I'm not, I'm not bashing it at all. But what I'm saying is our system has got it kind of messed up. Right? You work your whole life while you're able to save a few dollars so that you can enjoy life when you're not able. Now that I've got a little bit of something, something saved up, I'm too old to enjoy it. I don't want to grow on the cruise ship. My, my, on the cruise ship. My stomach can't handle it. I can't go bungee cord jumping because my back's too bad. Right? I'm not jumping out of plane. Legs will break. My bones are brittle. <laughs> Traveling? You want me to sit how long on a plane? <laughs> my circulation is bad. I'm not declaring any of that over myself, okay? Or you. What I'm saying is, I'm, what I'm saying is, we plan, we plan every moment of our lives not believing that today is the best and our future is better. Like we live that way. Tomorrow, if I can just get something else, then I'll be happy. And we're waiting around for joy to show up and it never will until we just let it arrive in us. What are you waiting for? Right now, in the season you're in, whether it's a summer or a winter, joy lives. Joy exists. You might be in the 16th second but you have to find a reason to have joy in it and not let this world decide for you how you're supposed to feel about it. Amen? This world will fade, and when you close your eyes on the 15th second of your life and it ends and you open your eyes in the 16th second of eternity, I hope you found your time was not wasted by trying to look for the 15 seconds. When you see the 15 seconds of life fade, we discover what's really important. When the excitement is over, when the achievement no longer holds value, or, or we realize that we have spent our time in futility, chasing things that will never be caught. The only thing left is our relationships in the end. It's only those people around us that bring us joy. It's only the, the God in us that brings us joy. It's only those that we love and love us that will really sustain our joy in those moments. Our relationships are what makes our life valuable. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you what, we plan for our vacations more than we plan for eternity. We work so hard for the tropical island and the beach. All we want to do is just save up enough money, work hard enough, sacrifice so we can get to a tropical island and beach. Can I get an amen? Anybody want to go to a tropical island and beach? Anybody want, I'm going today. Anybody want to go with me? Okay, you two can go. The rest of them can't go. They don't even want to go. All right, so we live for those moments where we can get away to a tropical island and a beach or somewhere else, all right, or maybe out in the woods with a rifle, okay, whatever, whatever your flavor is. But we live for those moments. But you know what? I've seen that movie. I think it was called Castaway. Where Tom Hanks got himself on a beautiful, 
beautiful tropical island in paradise. And he had, he had beaches and caves and coconuts, right? He had all the sushi he could eat. And that's my favorite. So much sushi. And I'm like, and, he's, and all he wanted to do was get off the island. And I'm like, no, figure out how to get my wife on it and I'll stay forever. All he wanted to do was get off that island. It drove him absolutely mad to be on beautiful beaches and coconuts and caves and sunshine and warmth and fish and clear crystal blue waters. And all he wanted to do was get away from it because he had no one to share it with. His life was empty without somebody to share this beautiful paradise with. It is not paradise when you are alone. Your achievement will never bring paradise in your life. Your relationships will. They're what makes every season matter. Whether you are in the ghetto or on a beach, your life can be good based on those people you are around. They are your joy. God is your joy. If, you are in a des- if I'm stuck on a desert island, it's going to be me and Jesus. And I will enjoy that season. Not me and Wilson. That's just crazy. Some of you aren't struggling. Hear me here, and I'm about to close. Some of you aren't struggling with the fading of your 15 seconds of glory. Some of you are trapped in a season of struggle. For some of you, it feels like the 15 seconds are not achievement, but rather seasons of hardship, seasons of frustration, seasons where you just seem like you can't get ahead. And if you didn't have bad luck, you'd have no luck at all, right? You've heard that. You, you live in a season where you feel like everything that happens to you is always the end of the spectrum towards the negative. You can have a 99% chance of success and your life is in one of those where the 1% just keeps finding you. Can I get a witness? Anybody, right? You're like, oh, this is definitely going to work out. What the heck do I have to do to get a break? What do I have to do to get a break? Here's the good news. That too shall pass. Amen? So some of you have been through 15 seconds of achievement and found that empty. Some of you have been through seasons where you've been struggling and you say, hey, if I can only get past this struggle, then maybe I can find some joy. But neither of those are the correct analogy. And so I want to read you this poem that was written by our own Chris Smith that I think will give you some clarity, this spoken word by him, that will give you some clarity on what God wants to do with your life in your season, in your 15 seconds. Or maybe it goes a little something like this. Trials and tribulations may come and go. It's always darkest before the dawn, waiting for my 41. It rained and rained, flood waters came. No land in sight, they put hope in God, waiting for their 41. 40 days of rain, 40 nights of it too. When it was all said and done, hope came on 41. The wilderness claimed them, wandering for what seemed forever. The promise so far away. When it looked like hope was gone, then came their 41. 40 years they wandered, 40 years no promise kept. Then they worshiped God alone, and they got there 41. Temptation came for him, the one who would save us. Enemy, the enemy made promises too, but he never fell for one. And then there was 41. 
40 days in the wilderness. 40 days Jesus resisted. Then God's only son got his 41. No matter what you go through, no matter where you are, read and pray till it's done and you can get your 41. God wants to see his people free of bondage and strife. That's why he sent his son to become our 41. I don't care if you're in a moment of 15 seconds. I don't care if you're in the 16th second of your life or you are holding on on the 40th time. There is hope in the 16th. There is hope in the 41. I was at the Thunder game working the concessions and I'm 41 if you didn't know that, okay? And I'm 41 and I walk back to the freezer area and we're working hard so that I can go around the world and preach and I'm, I'm serving you know, running a cash register, running and getting food, just so I have the opportunity to go somewhere and preach. And I said, Lord, I'll be so happy when this season is over, where I'm just able to go everywhere and I don't have to spend all of my free time grabbing popcorn for people at the Thunder game in order just to declare your name to the nations. I'll be happy when this season is over. And I walked back, and as I saw this freezer where I had to get food out of it, there was a prophetic message on the door for me, and it just stopped me dead in my tracks, and it said, Life begins at 41. And I said, and the Lord spoke to me. It was, it was a thermometer on there and it was telling you to keep the temperature of the freezer below 41 because the microbes would start to double if the increase of temperature was above that 41. Life begins at 41. Keep it cold in the freezer. And the Lord began to speak to me and he says, I know you don't like this season where you are working hard, but I'm preparing something in you. I'm bringing humility in your life. I'm allowing you to make the sacrifice so it's worth more to you when you get there to it. And you always remember that I don't have to do it. I don't have to do this for you. I choose you. I've made the choice to use you. And you're working hard for it will bring value to your life. And I'm telling you right now, the beginning of your season will not be the end of your season. Your life is beginning at 41. And the Lord stirred something new up in me and says, don't you get weary in the fight. Don't you get weary with your 40. Don't get discouraged because you've been struggling in the first 40 to achieve something I've called you to achieve. Your life, your mission, your value begins right now at 41. So you might be just ready to find your 41 in life. Don't give up because you feel like it's a 16th second. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Father God, Lord, we just declare and decree, Father, that we will not give up in the 16th second. That we will not surrender to putting our joy and our happiness inside of the 16 seconds. That we will not give up, Lord, in the 40th day, in the 40th week, in the 40th month, in the 40th year of our struggle. That, Lord, we will not determine whether or not we are happy based on our situations that we will not be held down by the products of this world by the outcome of this world that father our lives and our situations we face are nothing more than fading mist instead we will surrender ourselves to you to the will of God in our life we will surrender ourselves 
in the 16th second. And Father, when the 15 seconds of accomplishments or the 40 years of wandering end in our world and we close our eyes for the last time and we open them in the 16th second in eternity, Father God, make us hold true to your word planted deep in our heart that allowed us not to waver whether we faced 16 seconds or 40 years. We trust you, God. We believe you, God. We will always face 16 seconds. The 16th second must always come. But I thank you, Lord, that you never leave. So we don't need to pull you here. We don't need to ask you to come back. Lord, you never leave. You never leave us nor forsake us. And some of you need to hear that because the good moments in life will forsake you. The bad moments in life will forsake you. They will come and go, but there is only one constant, and that is you, Lord. As your head is bowed today, if you would say, I have not made that sacrifice. I live by the achievements of my life. I am pulled on by the achievements of my life because I have never made a commitment to Christ. I have never let God be the ruler of my life. And right now, I want him to be the brother that sticks closer. I want him to be my God. If that's you this morning and you want to make that prayer, nobody else is looking around. It's just me and you. It's just me and you. It's a decision between you and God. If that's for you this morning, raise your hand so I can pray with you. Amen. Amen. Who else? Amen. I can feel a heartstring being pulled on right now. Amen. Amen. Never be afraid to find a friend in Jesus. Never be afraid to let the one who is the lover of your soul love you. Never surrender this world's version of love for an eternal love, a perfect love. So do me a favor, if you have raised your hand this morning, all I want you to do is pray this prayer with me and we're going to pray it together as a room so you are not alone. And you can declare this and if you believe it in your heart, this is the moment where you meet Jesus, where you are guaranteed for eternity, where your soul is set into motion of the best and everlasting life that God meant for you from creation. So just repeat this prayer with me, everyone in this room. Father God, Thank you for sending your son to die for me that I might live. Thank you for the opportunity to have eternity with you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of living a life without you. But from this moment, I give you my life. You are the Lord of my life. And I surrender my will to yours that I might have the best life that you intended for me. It's you from now on. Come and be closer to me than a brother. I love you and I accept your gift. Not because I'm worthy or I did anything to deserve it, but because you offered it freely. Because you love me. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I want you to bow your heads for one more second. If this message just really impacted you and you realize that you have been living for the next thing and you're always searching for what brings you value, we all need purpose. We all have a destiny. We all have a destination we are going towards. 
But that's not where your joy is stored. You are not waiting on your purpose to find joy. So many Christians I meet, they think if God will just tell them what they're supposed to do, that then they will finally be happy. That's their Christian version of the false idea. You can be in joy whether or not Jesus tells you to walk into a wilderness like he did in Moses' day. Because no matter whether you're in a wilderness or a promised land, his presence goes with you and you can have joy in his presence. And that's all it's about. It's not about purpose. It's about presence. Your joy is not waiting on your purpose. So if you have believed that and you have just held that in your heart, if I can just figure out who I am, what I'm supposed to do, then maybe finally I'll find some happiness. But you say today that you're willing to surrender that idea and let God's joy fill your heart. If that's you, raise your hand so I can pray with you. Amen. 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 Who else? Come on. Amen. 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 Living in God's joy will get you to your purpose a whole lot faster than thinking you will get joy when you get there. You are holding yourself back from your future by thinking you need to unlock something to get there. So, Father, Lord, I'm just speaking joy over this room, Father. I just declare and decree right now, Father, that your joy flood their hearts, Lord. Bring an awakening of your presence into their life. Awakening of your joy into their life. An awakening to their spirits that say their spirit is everlasting. And when this flesh passes away, their spirit will remain. So we speak to the spirit. And we plant joy deep down in their spirits, Lord. That it might spring up a well of life. Thank you for joining us for today's message. Now, after this service, we actually heard an amazing testimony from one of our elders about how this message impacted her life. And I want you to hear that testimony right now. Take a listen. I thought it was interesting this morning that um, Apostle Wren talked about the 41 because some of us are old enough to have our own 41s. And so... When I was young and I first got saved and I was not raised in church, so I didn't know anything, didn't know the word, didn't really know God, didn't even know I was saved. I mean, somebody said, are you saved? I'd have gone, what is that? I had met Yeshua as my Messiah. That's all I knew. And so as I began to learn things and process things, of course, you know, the devil is busy lying and deceiving and telling me stuff, right? Okay, so I was young and dumb and made plans to marry my live-in boyfriend because I knew it was wrong to live with somebody. And so I made plans to do that. And then God sent three different people on three different occasions who didn't know me from Adam's off Fox who came up to me prophetically and said, you're about to marry the wrong guy, don't do this. I mean, how would they have known that? They would not have known that. But God sent three different people in three different times and said, don't do this. Well, in my youthful stupidity and ignorance, I went ahead and married this guy anyway. And when I did, that started a 40-year countdown. I had absolutely no clue that this was happening. But all I know is that the next six months after I married this guy, my life was spiritually dry. Until I just cried out to God and I said, I can't take this anymore. I have to have you. If I don't have you in my life, I don't have anybody. I don't have anything. And so the Lord came back 
And we begin to process through some things. And as time went on, I began to grow and study the word. And I began to learn some things and begin to get involved in some ministry and some different things. And all during this time, um, I'm busy raising a little boy that I had by this marriage. Well, in the course of events, we ended up getting divorced. And so I'm a single mom and I'm raising this little boy on my own. And God gave me tremendous promises for this little boy that I had by this first marriage. So then as time goes on, John comes into my life and we get married and the little boy grows into a man. And so as he becomes a teenager, he starts listening to the lies and the deceptions of the enemy and he wanders away from God and he wanders away from God for many years. And I'm crying out to God about this day in and day out. And I'm saying, but Lord, I serve you. I've been a foreign missionary. I've laid everything down. I have done everything that you've asked me to do without hesitation and without question. I operate with no fear. If you tell me to go over there and do that, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to do that. My life is not my own. It's yours. And it took several years to develop that, but eventually that happened. And so what happened was, is that all these years go by, and my son becomes a man and lives his own life and makes tons of mistakes that I wished I could have avoided for him, but he made all these wrong and bad decisions, and he ends up getting married and divorced twice and going through all kinds of stuff. And so... I'm crying out to God, Lord, what about this boy that you promised to me was going to be a man of God? And not only that, but you put an evangelistic call on his life. What about this? You know, is this ever going to happen? Well, from the time that I married the wrong guy until the time that this boy that became a man gave his heart to the Lord, he came into this place last year and came up to this altar and gave his heart back to the Lord finally. And from the time I married this guy until that salvation happened, that was the 41st year. That was my 41. 